Good morning. So thankful that you are here today, and uh, once again, welcome to those joining us online. My name's Chris, if I've not met you, so, uh, so thankful that you are joining us. Uh, as Nick mentioned, today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and a number of months ago, Sherry Kelly approached me and said, hey, um, we have neighbors who represent a persecuted church. What if, we, what if we reach out and see if we can connect? And I thought it was a phenomenal idea, and Sherry went to work and made a number of calls around the area and connected with a number of individuals and were eventually pointed to Falam Baptist Church in Battle Creek. And Falam Baptist Church is uh, on the corner, the same block shared on 20th Street with Calhoun Christian School. And so Sherry went over and visited at a fall fundraiser, food fundraiser there, and then also uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Pastor Biak and uh, Christina, who works with the youth, who you're going to hear from, from in just a moment, uh, came over and we had a, an amazing conversation and just re richly encouraged and blessed and challenged. And uh, we walked away just knowing that God was doing something in our presence. And as we had the conversation, as we uh, talked that day and, and beyond, I personally have been humbled to hear stories, to read articles, and, uh, and also to humble myself to a place of, of repenting for uh, the lack of knowledge and understanding and, and really the heart to our neighbors just 20 minutes away down the road here. If you were here last week, you would have heard me say that uh, Myanmar, also known as Burma, uh, is the 18th most dangerous country in the world to be a Christian, according to Open Doors. And uh, hopefully you've done some reading. We provided a link in the last week or two uh, so that you could um, really dive into a little bit and have this, this conversation, this thought and process here today. And so in just a moment, um, Christina's gonna come and share with us. And uh, my heart is that you would open yours, you'd uh, open yourself to allow God to speak to you, to be challenged, to be changed, that this won't just be a day that once a year we come to in November and we're like, oh yeah, we gotta pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted. Or even as Nick said, that you would be challenged to your definition of what it means to be persecuted and how it means to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Think of a passage from 1 Peter chapter five, which says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, Peter's writing to a church that was persecuted. He said, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the sufferings of the believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so today we sit, we stand with, our brothers and sisters around the world, and we have an opportunity to hear about what is happening in Burma. And, uh, and we're just so grateful. Uh, we wanna welcome you, Christina, welcome you, Vaughn, and welcome you, Lau, uh, from uh, Falam Baptist Church here, and just so thankful that the three of you are here. And so would we as a church uh, welcome Christina Swanset this morning uh, to come and share. Hi, everyone. I am Christina. I am so delighted and thankful to be here with you all today, um, not only to share about the persecution of churches in Myanmar, but also how God has worked 
um, us through how God's faithfulness and God's greatness really play a role in it. Um, and then to this morning, you know, the praise and worship team was amazing. It was saying Jesus is our living hope, which is truly Jesus is our living hope. And amidst all of those persecution, um, those Christians stay faithful. And those faith has, you know, has multiplied Christians in areas and places that there were no Christians. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what's happening in Burma. I'm going to divide it into past, present, and how faith has brought us here. Um, so the first slide, you will see that a picture, um, four different pictures. Um, and um, I put a little greetings there um, when we say hello. Um, I am from Phalam Chin State in Burma. So when we greet one another, we say nadammo, meaning hello, how are you? So um, a leading greetings to all of you, nadammo. Um, and you will see four pictures there. That's where um, Chin State, where I am from is. It's way up in the mountain, um, full with um, a lot of natural resources and a lot of greeneries. It's very peaceful. And if you're, you've never been there, if you're a stranger and in need of food or shelter, you can literally knock on anyone's door and let them know. And they'll be more than happy to help you with anything that you need. It is I visited twice um, back in 2016 and 2018 before the military coup situation happened. And it is one of the most beautiful places, especially in sunrise and sunset, and it's so peaceful. And uh, But today, um, not so much because of what's been happening in Burma, which I will talk a little bit about um, then it, throughout the presentation. If you can go to the next slide. Um, so we, before we deep dive into it, um, some of you might already know, but I would like to touch a little bit upon the ethnic breakdown in Burma. So um, there are eight different uh, major ethnic groups in Burma, and we have about 130 distinct distinctive groups. And depending on which ethnic group you are in, um, which state you are from, we all have our own languages, dialects, and culture, and it's so diverse. And as you can see, we're surrounded by um, India and China and those big countries. A lot of our culture are also kind of influenced by those big countries. Um, and also, religion also play a big role in it. So religion and race come hand in hand because um, if uh, those group of people live within one region, so, um, and other group of people live within one region. So religion and race, when we talk about those, they come hand in hand. Um, and then if you go to the next slide, this is just a little bit background of uh, religious background in, in Burma. So you can see um, Buddhist is the majority and we have Christian, Muslims and other religions as well. And um, we have some major ethnic groups who are primarily Buddhist and some who are primarily Christian. And where I am from, where the majority as um, a lot of refugees, especially, um, you know, in Battle Creek, Michigan, we are all from Chin State, Myanmar, because of our religious persecution. And um, when we talk about religious persecution, you know, it is, it's a long-standing situation. It's a long-standing issue. It's not something new to us. Um, and one of the main um, um, I would like to give a few examples on what it means to be oppressed, what it means to uh, be persecuted, and um, one number 
the, the first one that I would like to bring up that usually surprise people is that um, in, in our ID identification, like a driver's license that we use, um, it has a place for us to put our religion and our race. So, um, and when you apply for jobs, when you apply for school, you have to hand those, um, hand those cards in. So automatically, if you're a minority, if you're a Christian, for, for us to get promoted to the top is very slim, sometimes 0%. So, um, you know, when it comes to promotion, and it's especially when it comes to governmental job, it's, there's just um, no way to, um, no matter how creative or how hardworking you are, it's just almost impossible to get those positions. So that is one of the systematic oppression. Um, the second one is building churches. So uh, it's almost impossible to get a license to get a, a, to build a church in many regions of Burma. Um, and so usually when we have new believers, um, our missionaries would go out to places and when we have new believers and we would like to build a church because we have a um, great group of people who would like to worship together and houses are not very ideal and then we would like to build a church and apply for license, it, it usually get automatically declined. It's a, and and pe what people Ten, ended up doing is that they would come together, they would save enough money, and they would buy land under a person name, so a trustworthy person, and they would build a building. And even when you build a building, it cannot resemble a church or a cross. If it does, um, you know, the government can seize the building. So it's usually um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of our churches would look like a building and people would worship in it. Um, so those are systematic oppression that I would like to give examples on. And you might be wondering, why is it such a um, persecution against Christians, minorities in the U.S.? So um, we can go back to the history of when um, in the 1962s, when the military took power, um, they, the military coup situation happened in 1962, and it is a Buddhist military coup. So um, they see Christianity as a Western religion. And so when the missionaries came over, um, we, um, you know, the, the Christians kind of spread throughout the country, but they see Christianity as a Western religion. And at the time, and even now, uh, when the military coup took over, um, the Western countries um, put sanctions against the, 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 the Burmese um, government, which kind of even fuel hatred towards uh, the Christianity. And that's where really came the hatred towards, uh, towards Christianity came from. Um, so if you can, uh, you can go to the next slide. Um, so, um, but the Chin people from the Chin state, we weren't always Christians, like I mentioned. Um, we were, um, the mission, the, our first missionary to the Burma came in the 19th century, the Judson and family. They were the first ever missionary sent by American Baptist churches here in USA. And then in um, 1899, we have Arthur and Laura Curson came to the Chin state region. They arrived in Hakka, which is about 10 miles away I think about 10 miles away from Palam, which is pretty close. So they were the first ever missionaries who came to the Chin state, and that's how uh, the Chin people and um, in, in Myanmar became mostly Christians. And, you know, since um, Christianity has grown in Chin state, we have been persecuted. We have been, um, you know, treated inhumanely for so many, so many years. Um, and, you know, so people had to flee. They were forced to flee um, because, you know, when 
you, you when you don't feel like you belong there, when it feels like uh, you've been rejected in every possible way, um, you have to flee wherever it is when you feel unsafe to practice your religion. Um, so I, I have a few, one of, um, we have so many, many cases in Chin State. Um, like I said, Chin State is the majority Christians, but if you visit the Chin State, you'll see a lot of pagodas there. So they do not allow to build churches. For example, if you apply to build a church in that place, they will deny it and then they will build a pagoda there, which is such an insult to your faith and to, it's just to your integrity, right? So, um, and we also have cases where um, people would put kind of cross um, on the mountain hill and you saw in the picture, it's kind of like on the mountain hill. So people would would put up crosses. So if they seek those crosses, they would sometimes take it down without prior notice. They would just vandalize and they would put pagodas there. Um, and if you speak up against it, if you disagree with those kind of actions, so you go to your local authority, what do they do? They made up a, ca a case against you and sometimes um, you would be detained. And sometimes it's not just you, it could be your family members. They could just make up against. So it is almost impossible to speak up against um, the local authority because if you do, um, it's just not, it's just, you know, really dangerous for yourself and the family members. A lot of um, people would just internalize those traumas instead of speaking out to, not only just to protect themselves, but to protect their children, their family members. So um, when this happened from, so for so many generations, people had to flee and, you know, but God improvised. So um, if you go to the next slide. So when these things were happening, um, these things were happening. Um, the United Nations, UNHCR, opened their doors to refugees. Um, so a lot of um, Christians group, especially from the Chin State, ended up um, traveling to those places. Um, you can go to the next slide. In Malaysia, in India, and in Thailand, where the UNHCR office are. But those um, are not an easy place to get there, right? You have to sometimes get by boats. Literally, sometimes you have to walk for weeks um, with young children, with family members, and people, there's so many people who couldn't even reach the de their de destination, and people know the risk, but they would rather take that risk than stay in a place where they've been oppressed heavily upon. Um, so, the, um, and you know, even when you get to Malaysia, the destination place where the UNHCR office is, um, you are there illegally until you are until you're registered as a refugee. You have to apply to be recognized as a refu refugee. So what ended up happening usually is that, um, for example, I, um, I, one of my cousins, he is here now. So he lived as a refugee in in Malaysia, but he was still in the process of applying to become refugee, and. Um, in, 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 in those cases, for example, if you get robbed, you cannot go to the authority because if you do, they will arrest you and they, they will send you back to Burma. So even when people get robbed, they just, you know, again, internalize those traumas and just live with them, uh, live with it for the rest of their lives. So my cousin, he was robbed and beaten almost to death. And they thought, you know, he's, he has, you know, they thought he died and they put his body in the trash can. And, but luckily the next morning, a lady um, saw him, like saw him and 
saw that he's still breathing, so he sent him over to the hospital. And he has to pay all of the hospital bills by himself. And he was so close to getting sent back to Burma, but luckily UNHCR office um, was noticed of this case, and he was taken in, and thank God he wasn't sent back. And after seven years, he's here now. He got here um, three years ago. So those are stories. That's that's very common story. It's not uncommon for those, you know, so you know, a lot of go so many people go through so many hardship, but but you know, faith is something that has really helped them overcome and really um, to get to where they are right now today. Um, so you can go to the next slide. Um, so before I talked about what's happening right now, so a few years back, um, you, you might have heard it on the news when the National League for Democracy won the election and we have Aung San Suu Kyi and we have, um, we thought we're going to have actual democracy happening in Burma and we even have, um, when the National League for Democracy got elected, we even have a vice president from the Chin State, which is never unheard of, we could, which, which is just unimaginable. So we thought, okay, this is it. Our, our prayers has been answered. We're going to have actual freedom to practice our religion, um, our rights. And not only that long after, in 2019, the military coup um, seized the power again. And this time, they are targeting the Christians, um, not only the Christians, but the Chin state because of our race and religion more than ever. So present, what's happening is that um, they are just, the first thing they do, they come over to our villages, our towns, and they would vandalize our church. That's the very first thing they do. And then they would detain our pastor. Um, one of the pastor, um, his younger brother is at our church right now. He's in the U.S. And his younger brother is a pastor in one of those churches. He got detained with no explanation. And we don't know where he is right now. We, we have no connection whatsoever. And the family is in, is in total despair. Um, and it's, it's, it's just such a mess right now. And then they would vandalize our churches and our houses. And they would burn those villages for no reason. And there was just no reason given. They would just come over and burn those houses. And we have some villages where 90% and 80% of those houses are gone. And the people have to go hide in the jungle. Um, and some of those people, we have no connection. Um, there's no internet, so we there's just no way to, um, you know, connect with them, and we don't know where they're at. And other people from other side of the village would sometimes go and check them out, and sometimes they would just find bodies. Um, and sometimes those bodies, they don't even know who they are because it's unrecognizable. So, and this is, this was two weeks ago. I'm not even talking about way past a few years back. This is two weeks ago, um, and it's still happening. And a lot of our young kids are, a lot of our young teenagers, 14, 15, are forced to defend for their home. And they, they but what they have is just hunting rifle against arms military group and it's just no match for them so we have lost so many teenage um, teenage kids teenage um, teenagers teenage boys to this military act and it has been a very heartbreaking and a very um, it's just a very um, you know heartbreaking situation for um, for all of us here and it's, it's been very difficult and very emotional for a lot of us here in, in, in either in the US or in third world countries and you can go to the next slide. Um, but you know, God is faithful. And we remember, even, even um, when these things are happening, we remember 
so thankful for God that he is faithful. Um, when we, you know, for example, first, he gave us a second home here, right? We have good neighbors. Um, a lot of our parents have gone through so many hardship and so many, um, so many persecution but God hasn't forgotten us. He has brought us here. He has um, given us a home with good neighbors and friends. And um, and also, um, while they were at, uh, one, while we were in like in Malaysia or in India or in Thailand, um, we were able to learn applicable skills. For example, um, some of them have to take in jobs as. Um, like waitress and waiters and chefs and all those. So all of those are applicable skills. So when they came here, they were able to utilize those skills. And we have, even in Battle Creek alone right now, we have two restaurants with Burmese-owned and three different grocery stores who are Burmese-owned within a span of 15 years. And we see how God has been faithful uh, despite you know, all the hardships that we, we've gone through and that um, there's always a reason um, behind those oppression. Um, even though our Chin state is the most oppressed state in the United, uh, in, sorry, in, in, in Burma, we produce the most missionaries in Burma. So we have so many missionaries going into the, the Burma people and the Buddhist community um, and all of those community and really reaching out and really spreading the gospel. So, um, Yes, going back to, yes, God is faithful and God is just, um, there's always a reason behind all those oppression and that we never lose hope. And I would like to invite our brothers and sisters, all of you guys to remember us, remember our sisters and brothers in Burma who are persecuted, but who are still fighting for their faith, who are still going, um, you know, going to all of those areas that are dangerous to spread the gospel of God, to share their faith, because God is great and God is faithful. And as Christians, this is what we must do. So please remember us in your prayers, and please uh, spread awareness of what is still happening in Burma with your neighbors, with your friends, with your network. Um, and you won't see the media covering much of what's happening in Burma. So. Uh, please um, help us um, spread this awareness. Um, with that being said, I really uh, would like to thank all of you guys for your time and attention. Um, would like to a few words, say a few words. I think the last slide I said meaning thank you so much in Burmese. So I hope that at the end of presentation, um, we remember the greeting of Nandammo and then remember uh, the ending of thank you meaning So thank you all so much. Thank you. Appreciate uh, what you shared with us. And uh, by a show of hands, who was who learned something, was challenged, was informed in a way that they weren't before? Yep. Yeah, all of us. Just uh, think about what happens in the world around us so often we can be blind to that. We can be so consumed by our own realities that we forget about our brothers and sisters around the world. And I'm just so grateful that we have had this time, and Christina, you've shared uh, just so wonderfully and, and really informed us. Um, Adrian, would you go back to the slide that says present on here? Is that, as I was looking at this slide in first service and the service again, 
of Flum has about 8,000 people. We in Marshall have about 7,000 people in our community. And as we look at this slide here, uh, as you've described to us, Christina, of churches burning, houses, villages, you know, the percentages here, if we were to personalize this and think about that, you couldn't be here in Marshall or the community that you're in around here, and you're hearing stories of those that you're around right now defending their homes, having their homes burned, this church burned. Um, it becomes very, very real. And in the conversations that we've had and with Pastor Biak is just, you mentioned your cousin. These are family members. These are friends. And so as a community here in Battle Creek, you know, how, I guess, how are you processing the realities of these recent weeks and just the last couple of days, um, you know, more and more continues to come out. Um, I guess, what is, what is being a church here together uh, with a common uh, reality of persecution with family and friends back home? What, what is that like for you? Or how does, uh, what is that blessing for you? I think um, it is definitely very challenging. Uh, it is, um, you know, it is just um, even difficult to explain what it feels like um, because we're not talking about um, just one or two family members, right? It's groups of people being persecuted, and you know what it feels like because you live through it, you experience through it. So it is almost like revisiting those um those traumatic events, traumatic memories, and it is very challenging. Um, but, you know, we, we, we are so thankful for the community. We are so thankful for the support, um, not, not just for the from the community, but also within our churches. Since people have gone through it, they know what it feels like. So um, I feel like this has kind of make us even straighten our faith in so many ways that we should not give up now. We should continue to fight um, for our faith um, and that for, you know, even pray harder, not just for persecuted um, people in Burma, also around the world. So I think it kind of strengthened our faith in that way also. You mentioned in both services about how persecution is something that's not in vain, that God always has a plan, God always has a purpose. And really it's when our churches become comfortable and in the seat of power that we lose impact and influence and opportunity for the gospel to spread. Could you talk a little bit about how persecution, although no one desires it and, and um, we don't want to ever pray for it to happen, but how has it impacted and grown uh, your faith and also the faith of uh, the people in Burma? Um, you know, um, I think I mentioned it in during the presentation. Even though Chin State is the most persecuted state, we have the most missionaries going out to areas where people couldn't even reach. So there is a purpose behind persecution, and we believe it. We we experienced it, and um, you know I think um, so that even kind of like straighten. Um, I give that give us um, even give us strength to overcome what's happening in Burma and also go for those going through um, even the present time um, and for our brothers and sisters in Burma and also for brothers and sisters here. So in a similar way is uh, you have to put your religion on, you know, your identification card. Why not just say, I'm a Buddhist and practice in, in private? Um, why not just hide Jesus, hide faith? 
Yep, that's a very good question. And, you know, once you receive the gift of salvation, you, you cannot run away from that. That is, they, you know, they might break down the crosses on our churches, but they can never take away the crosses from our hearts. And it's the same way. Um, there, it, it never crossed our minds that we should lie about our religion because there, it's just no way. I love that. That's so good. And so with, um, with thinking of the opportunity we have with the gospel and the presentation of the gospel, could you speak a little bit to generations? Um, you know, first generation versus second generation. Uh, you and uh, Vaughn and, uh, and Lau consider yourself 1.5 or one and a half. Would you explain that to us? Sure. So myself, Van, and Lal here, we are called the 1.5 generation. So um, they consider that term for those who kind of grew up in both worlds, I guess. So we have our parents who spend most of their time in Burma under military regime. And we have our, in our church, we have young kids who either was, were born here or who, who came here when they were very little. So they are called the second generation. So within our church, there's a big gap, definitely, you know, who um, we, we're talking about language barrier we're talking about culture barrier and then we're talking about kids who are very Americanized and don't even really understand uh, what persecution means so we, we, we're a church with such a diverse background and sometimes it can be challenging but when you have people who experience that faith and live through show their faith through their experience no matter how gap uh, that gap might how big that gap might be um, people can see your faith through your experience and I think that really what makes us whole and what makes us come together despite all the challenges I love that and a challenge of first service and I'm gonna challenge you too is that as Christina just said is that no matter what the gap is the obstacle what you think separates you from someone else your faith can shine through and so if you think you're too old or too young or too this or too that uh, the opportunity we have as a church, and especially a multi-generational church, is to really impact uh, all the generations. And so don't pull back because of whatever you think that is, that you can't have that impact. Jesus, in the light of Jesus, will flow through, and, and I love how you just uh, articulated that so well. Um, how can we, you mentioned at the end um, about advocating and, and praying um, how can we um, support, encourage, be faithful um, brothers and sisters in Christ to Falun Baptist and also um, your friends and family uh, in Burma? Thank you for that. I think this is a great start. Um, we are very thankful that we're re reaching out to us because that means you hear us. You know, you know this is happening and it, it means so much to us. So um, I would encourage to continue doing that. Um, and we're only 20 minutes away. So um, please come visit us and get to know us. We would love, love to have you. Um, and, you know, there's so many other ways to support the cause as well. So if you would like to know more about it, you can reach out to the pastor or Sherry and um, they can also reach out to us. And also, um, you know, when we talk about faith, um, we are able to practice our faith here freely. So let's utilize that. Because back in Burma, we can never talk, start preaching about Jesus. Like not even five minutes later, you'll have people chasing you and detain you. But it's not like here, like, like that. So let's utilize that. Let's talk about Jesus and the goodness of God and faithfulness. Let's start from our families. Let's teach that to our young kids. Let's talk about that. I'll live that with through our co-workers, to our friends, neighbors, and let's spread, you know, this 
uh, one true God. And, and I think it's really important that we don't forget that. And that is our calling to do, to spread the gospel. Amen, right? I love it. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, this wasn't up in first service, but behind us of Who's Your One? This is a series that we are in the middle of in encouraging the church to be very intentional about sharing Jesus. And, uh, and that's what Christina just said. That's what this is all about, is sharing Jesus, the hope of Jesus. And uh, you said it just a moment ago and, and another time too, is that in Burma, if you say the name of Jesus, you better be ready to run, right, is what you said. And, and we don't have that reality here, so let's not take that for granted. Let's say the name of Jesus boldly and with love and, 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 and share Jesus and the hope of Jesus with those around us. And so as we continue to walk through this series, Who's Our One?, um, I just love that that popped up for whatever reason that popped up behind us on the wall. Uh, just that reminder to us to be very intentional with that. And so um, as we, we could have a much longer conversation and you have so much to share and I really appreciate your time, uh, Vaughn and Lau, I appreciate your time here. And uh, these three will be around after service. They were surrounded for quite a while after the, the first service there, but I'm sure they'd love to talk with you and answer questions and have a conversation. But before uh, we dismiss, we want to do two things. Is one, we want to pray uh, for Christina and Vaughn and Lau and the Flam Baptist Church. And, um, and then also we want to receive communion. It's a great opportunity that we have uh, to receive uh, what Jesus called us to as the body of Christ and, uh, and, and do that here together today. And so would you join me in prayer? Gracious and merciful God, Lord, we give you praise. God, for the way that you've worked in the world and the way that you continue to work. Lord, today on this uh, day where we remember the persecuted church, as Nick has already prayed, we pray for the persecuted church all around the world. The one out of every eight Christians in the world who are facing death or torture, live in that fear of loss. Lord Jesus, may we be faithful in our prayers, faithful in the prayers to strengthen these men and women and teenagers and, and children all around the world. And Lord, we especially today think of our brothers and sisters in Christ in Burma. Lord, the friends and family members of Christina and Vaughn and Lau and Pastor Bjork and so many other. Jesus, we pray for that strengthening. We pray, God, for your presence Lord, we pray, God, for your peace. And Jesus, through the sufferings, through the persecution, I pray that many will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, strengthening, and strengthening of faith would occur. And Jesus, we pray for Fulon Baptists in Battle Creek, God, that they would continue to be an oasis, a connection place, a place of freedom and hope and growth and community. God, that all glory would go to you. Jesus, we thank you for the church and what you intended for us to be and what to do. And so, Lord, we pray your blessing, your peace, your strengthening, and your care this day. And, Lord, too, as we move towards the communion table, this place of connection, this place of humility, a place where we remember what Jesus, what you did for us on the cross, Lord, we slow ourselves. Lord, we open ourselves up for you to point out areas where we need to confess, 
Lord, sins that we need to release to you and receive your forgiveness. Lord, we do so with gratitude. And so, Lord, we pause right now, God, to reflect, Lord, to confess and to be grateful for the cross. Lord, we're grateful that you've heard our prayers, that you hear our prayers. And Lord, you know us. Lord, you gave your son Jesus for us. And so as we receive these elements in just a few moments, Lord, may we do so with gratitude. Lord, in a hope-filled reality. Lord, we're so grateful. We pray this all in Jesus' strong and powerful name. Amen. Amen.